Well, we all face storms in life, uh, troubles we didn't expect, and they may be a minor inconvenience, rain when you were expecting a sunny day and left the car windows open. But (laughs) there are other storms that come with such intensity and ferocity that you wonder how you're going to survive. Maybe a physical illness leading to disability or a difficult child or anger in your marriage or financial ruin. Today on Focus on the Family, we're going to examine some of the common storms that we face and how God wants to help you weather those and navigate those with joy, peace, and hope. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, today we're going to speak primarily to uh, wives and mothers, Uh, but I want to urge the men to listen in because we're going to learn a lot as well, especially about how your wife thinks, and that's an important thing for us. You know, for most marriages, uh, I believe women are the emotional epicenter of the home. We have little cliches that reinforce that, like, you know, if mama ain't happy, no one's happy, (laughs) or, you know, the mom's the thermostat of the home. If she's in a good spot, we're all in a good spot. And I think that just captures that idea that when there's emotional stability with mom, things are pretty much at peace. Uh, So this topic today is going to be important for us as husbands. And we want to talk with a returning guest who's written a great book, Help, I'm Drowning. This is the sometimes emotional feelings that moms are having. There's just so much going on. And we're going to cover that topic today. And Sally Clarkson is back with us. Uh, She's been here before, obviously. She's an author, speaker, podcast host, a blogger, Uh, She's been um, speaking um, to people for several decades, serving women especially and inspiring them in their faith. And Jim, uh, I remember when my wife Dina discovered Sally's writings, and uh, that really spoke to her at that season, especially with younger kids in the home of feeling overwhelmed. Uh, Sally has more than 20 books, and as you said, Jim, Help, I'm Drowning, Weathering the Storms of Life with Grace and Hope is going to form the basis for our conversation today. Sally, welcome back to Focus. I love being here. It's good to have you. Great to be here. Tough subject. Let's get right to it. How do you define the storms of life? What does that mean? Well, when I look back on my own life as a young woman, um, I just wasn't prepared. I didn't know life would be so hard. I didn't know uh, motherhood would be hard, marriage would be hard, um, dealing with actually Christians and believers would be hard. And um, I just was unprepared. John and I don't find it hard to uh, deal with no, each other. No, 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 not in the least. <laughs> um, but I, I was pretty naive, you know, and I look back and I just felt like I, it was a relentless blast of difficulties in my life that I wasn't prepared to handle. Hmm. And so, but I also look back and feel like, It was more of a training grounds for me. And I just wanted to come alongside young women and say, you are not alone. Um, What you're feeling is normal. There is room for lament. Um, And so I I just kind of felt like a lot of people, especially during COVID, when I was getting letters about this, were having deep and terrible struggles and isolation. Mm. But then they would feel guilty about it Mm -hmm. instead of thinking, okay, this is a natural result of being uh, in the storms of life. It's interesting we don't see that as spiritual boot camp, right? Yeah. Lord, I'm yours. I'll give you everything. And you imagine, and then the next day yeah. something happens. You're going, okay, <laughs> exactly. maybe not everything, Lord. <laughs> yeah, but really. he's kind of taking you up on that offer, right? Yeah, exactly. Mark 4, you uh, use that analogy in the book. Many people are going to be familiar with this. It's the disciples and Jesus out on the boat the fishing boat and the storm's terrible and mm-hmm. Jesus is asleep in the boat and it really doesn't sit well with the disciples. They're mm-hmm. like, he's not even he tending care. to our needs, yeah. right? 
Describe what was happening and what you took from that. Well, I, of course, I pondered it a lot as I wrote the book, but um, I think it's really interesting because they were seasoned sailors, and yet this was a special storm. This was a, you know, a squall beyond storms. And um, they had just been ministering and doing things, and they gave Jesus their whole life and followed him. And then he's just sitting there sleeping in the midst of a storm, not caring at all that they're exhausted and that this is happening. But um, as I looked back at Mark and uh, you know the whole passage, I realized that Jesus stood up and said, "Be still," you know. But then he didn't look at his disciples and say, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I took a nap. Please forgive me." But he said. Where is your faith? And when I look at being a parent of adult children now, and when I look at my own life, I realize that um, that was kind of, I think, a testing ground Mm. for what would happen in their future. They were all going to die violent deaths um, for the sake of Christ. Mm. And I think that they could probably all look back on that time as they got older and say, Um, Jesus companioned us through that storm. Jesus is going to companion me through all the storms of my life. So sometimes I don't think that that God initiates storms and that that he he can't be tempted by evil. He doesn't put things in our lives that are totally devastating. But I think that God has redeemed a fallen world. He enters the fallen world. He is with us at every moment. And um, I just didn't understand these things. I was young. I was a toddler in spirituality. And the more I would study these passages, the more I thought, okay, well, you know, he's still with me. And I I need to make it through this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think even when you're mature in Christ, if I can use that term, sometimes Mm -hmm. life's curveballs can still topple that confidence. It's not like you come to a point, you go, okay, anything I encounter, I totally will handle well in Christ. I mean, so... You know, it just depends on what the circumstances are. I love Romans 5, and you, you do mention this in your book, where suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as an orphan kid, like I was, I mean, I, I think that was beaten into me, if I could say yeah. it that way, just through life's experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think it does, I can envision the Lord smiling when mm-hmm. he has that person's heart, like, yes. regardless of the circumstances, when yeah. we... Uh, see the fruit of it. We see the benefit of it. Mm-hmm. We continue to trust or deepen right. our trust in the Lord because right. of it. I think He smiles. Well, I think He is cheering us on. He is with us. He never leaves us. He is companioning us. And I think that when I was younger, I wanted to be used by God. But um, when I look back at all my storms, I realize that those suited me to have compassion on women who were going through what I had struggled through. Mm-hmm. And those suited me to say, oh, you're going to fail. We all fail. Um, You know, there's a grace in walking with God, but I just needed to grow and Mm -hmm. to learn. And um, I do think, as I look back in my own life, I believe that the decisions that someone makes when they're in a storm, when they're tempted to quit, whether it's quit on their children, quit on marriage, quit on their church, whatever it is, quit on whatever— I think that the decisions that you make in the middle of storms have a great impact on the rest of your life. Sure. And I mentioned in the book that um, the first part is it's okay to lament. And I think that in Hebrews 6, um, the whole book of Hebrews talks to us about uh, enduring with grace and standing firm. And um, I just look back and realize that sometimes I didn't come up with a solution. 
God didn't say, oh, it's going to work out in this formulaic way. But he did say, but your faith is very precious to me, Mm. and your life matters, and I will never leave you. Walk with me, and you will see my ways. Mm -hmm. Sally, in Help, I'm Drowning, which is a great title, I'm sure Mm -hmm. taken from that scripture, right? Mm -hmm. Help Mm -hmm. me. Help me. (laughs) Lord, where are you? You do refer to disappointments in marriage and family, and you relate that to a time in your life where the Lord called you to love your husband, Clay, Mm -hmm. unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Now, most of us in marriage, when you hear the word unconditional, you might feel that for your children. Like, I would do anything for my kids. But sometimes in marriage... I'll only go to this level of unconditional, right? Right, right. Um, Describe the environment you were in with Clay, what was causing you to really lay your life down for him. Well, you know, I hate to say it, but I always thought I was right. You know, I well, you're the tended, first one. <laughs> I tended to see things from my perspective, but I was—I remember this particular moment, and I, you know, we had had some kind of conflict or disagreement or whatever, and I was upstairs in my bedroom, and I was just shaking my fist at God and saying, "This isn't fair, and it's not just, and why do I have to put up with these things?" And um, it was as though the Lord whispered it to me and said, "What if the only thing I ever..." asked you to do was to love him unconditionally and that a part of your service of worship was to honor him because you are his partner and you're the one who's going to make it in life. And I thought, really? That's the spiritual service of worship you want me to do? You know, no one's going to know and, you know, Mm -hmm. I've got to be humble. And and, um, I look back now, you know, I just had a hip replacement and Clay is just sitting there serving me, washing dishes, taking care of me. But I don't think that at that time, with um, three teenagers in the house and a toddler, um, I put so much pressure on him to perform in ways that he was never supposed to have to. Mm. I needed to look outside my home, to develop friendships, to develop community, to find another friend who had gone through so many things. We put such pressure on each other in this isolationist world. You know, Sally, I'm just struck by that because there is that, I'm sure, more than one, but certainly one woman listening who's living that right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she is creating a list of what she needs from her husband Mm -hmm. and his inability to meet that need is going to frustrate her to no end. Right. How do you actually, in practice, lay that down and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to give this over to you and not have those expectations? Mm -hmm. That's hard. Oh, it's really hard. And we we have to realize that sometimes we're thinking in the wrong way. Um, (laughs) Sometimes. You know, yeah, many times. (laughs) But um, I, I finally realized that Women were supposed to have grandmas and aunts and um, family and neighbors and people to help them when they had uh, babies, jobs, life, marriage. And so when a woman is by herself in her home all day long and she's frustrated and things don't go well and kids insist on fighting and eating all the time and, you know, all the messes happen, Mm -hmm. she is empty by the time she comes to the end of her day. And her husband... Maybe he's been working in different stories, of course. And he walks in the door and she's like, you need to take care of all my needs, you know. And, <laughs> and um, Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that I would think, be an obvious situation. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, but I think that what we don't realize is that um, he's also just a human being with limitations. Mm. And that marriages really um, are more balanced and more healthy when we cultivate 
other friends, when we cultivate people who are in our same life stage, who have struggled with the same things. And then when our, I think women are responsible to take responsibility for their own filling up. That, Mm. um, you know, I realized that there was a point in which I needed to say, okay, part of my agency is that I can spend time with people. I can read books. I can have a break every week, whether Clay uh, is the one who designs it or not. I have agency to take care of myself so that I can become a full person. And that will mean that when Clay comes home, my tank is full. I can be his friend. We can work together. But it's not that he's ever in his whole life supposed to meet all my needs. And, and it's so true what you're saying. I think what I've seen in Jean, though, is the guilt that a woman feels doing that. Yeah, which is you know? really and silly. And they got to let that go, that it's okay to take time, get a weekend away, do those things, talk yeah. it over with your husband. Don't feel guilty about it. Uh, well, Jean and I have kind of established that now. She can take that time that she needs to refuel. Yeah, I think that um, we're, you know, it's kind of like if you think of a teapot, once you've poured it all out, it's all gone. There oh. is nothing left to pour out. And I realized that I needed to take care of filling my heart, filling my mind, filling my friendship need, filling my need for fun, that this is a very long marathon. And if I didn't um, create rhythms in my life to take care of my heart, soul, mind, I was never going to be able to sustain my children, my husband, my friends. And once I put those rhythms in my life, Hmm. um, I became much healthier. I had a better attitude. But it wasn't that somebody outside of my life was going to say, oh, you deserve a break. Hmm. You know, I needed to assess that and say, I am a mature human being. I need, I have a heart, soul, mind, and strength. I need to take care of those areas so that I can be the best person I can be long term. Hmm. Sally, uh, Proverbs 15.1 is a verse that you point to uh, moving from marriage to motherhood. And just so everybody can understand what it says is a soft or gentle answer turns away wrath. And you're applying that to motherhood. Oh, yes. I think it's a great thing to know <laughs> in that journey. How did it impact you to have a soft and gentle word uh, for your kids? One of my favorite verses in light of parenting is um, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The great golden rule. The great golden rule. And I thought, that's a parenting verse. Absolutely. And um, so when I came to my children, I realized that they were like me. They didn't want someone to always be angry or disappointed that they needed gentleness. And I remember one time my son he was, you know, a teenager and he was having to empty the dishwasher. And he said, why does everybody in this house insist on eating? And, um, <laughs> you know, and because it so, happens. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's hard reward. Yeah. Um, and I, I said, I want you to come back to my room. And of course, he's dreading talking to me. And I said, honey, you are just the best boy in the whole world. And um, I love who you are. You help the family. Are you feeling frustrated about something? Because I really appreciate having you in my life. And he went, oh, thank goodness. I thought you were going to lecture me. And he said, I just feel like my emotions are right at the top of my head when I get up and I don't know what to do with them. And of course, he was right in the middle of the teenage storms, Mm -hmm, which I was learning about. Um, But by giving him grace and gentleness and learning that my children respond much more to me and my husband and my friends when I give them a context. Okay, there's something happening to make you this way. How can I love you mm. well? And so um, it was a verse I taught my children you know, over and over again. A gentle answer 
turns away wrath. You know, don't be wrathful to anyone. Give them gentleness, and you will see a relationship that will be better. Mm-hmm. So Another good reminder. Mm-hmm. Sally, you have a story about a doctor's visit that you had, and he kind of laid it out for you. What happened? Well, yeah. I was uh, in my mid-40s. And um, I had a couple of books, and again, you know, I, I have a wide uh, span in my children. And um, he basically met with me, and he said, well, you can die early if you want to. It's um, always good to hear from your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you are burning the candle at both ends. Uh-huh. Um, you are trying to do too much, but you are a human being with limitations. And if you don't slow down, um, you are moving in the direction of deep unhealth. And um, it was kind of good for him to say that to me because I was waiting for somebody in my life to give me permission hmm. to slow down. You know, I was feeling very stressed. I have a ADHD, ODD, OCD, oh my goodness, child. And, <laughs> you know, then I had a toddler and then I had, a, um, you know, these other two teenagers who were very hormonal. And he said, you need to really slow down and take life in stride. That's probably when I learned most of all to begin taking initiative for myself. So if you're finding that you're angry a lot or that you're exhausted or that you're yelling or that you're, you know, really, I think that's yourself saying tilt, tilt, you know, this is too much for you. And um, so I think what you said earlier is so true. Women don't tend to give themselves grace. They, and again, we're living in a time that has never happened before. People have never had the Internet, so many people to live up to, so many examples. Um, they feel like their children have to have every experience in the world. Nothing like that has ever happened before. People were happy to be home, to have their schedules, whatever. And um, I would just say, if you see symptoms that you don't like in your emotions, in your family, in your own personal life, if you're being angry too much, you need to step back and go, what is the source of my anger? What can I simplify in my life? What can I cut out that I don't need? Who am I comparing myself with? Because everybody has the right to have their own story. Their Mm. children are independent and individual. They are too. You don't have to be anyone else, but you do need to take care of your heart so that you can actually become the person that you need to be. Yeah. One point in the book that you make that I find really encouraging is think about heaven and you encourage women to do that Mm -hmm. so that when it's all over, you're not flying into heaven with all this grudge and you know, attitude issues. <laughs> yep. That's really kind of funny. It's applicable to all of us, actually. Right, right. But you do point toward women and say, remember the joy in life and yeah. try to take that forward. Right, right. And uh, that can be hard, too, though. I mean, there's... Well, people make fun of me, but um, I am known for tea. I really do drink as much tea as I write about. <laughs> but when I get up in the morning, I'm lighting my candle, putting on my music. I have my hot cup of tea. Uh, I have a tea time in the afternoon. I go on walks every day. Uh, I go out to breakfast every Saturday morning with some adult or friend. Um, we have Sunday afternoon tea. I put things in our lives that created humane, um, really enjoyable, fun times for all of us. Yeah. Um, because... The world is never going to stop, but you have to stop the world. Yeah. Sally, one of the things that I see even in my relationship with Jean is the assumption that I will know 
what's going on in her life. I know that's and what that, my problem was with Clay. I yeah, was waiting oh, for him to go. It's that common, uh, is it? Yeah. I was waiting for him. He's, right. He never stops. He works all the time. Well, but I kept thinking if it, if I was really, you know, doing too much, he would say, oh, bless your heart, stop working so much. Right. That's and, exactly right. And, and it, you know, Jean had this analogy. I didn't know she was, for example, like just drowning in how much laundry she had with two young boys and me. Yeah. And she had talked about that. Uh, with a girlfriend and the girlfriend had said oh yeah I had a friend when I was in that moment I had a friend come by I had taken all the laundry to a self-storage place (laughs) you think the people would be going hey mom where's my pants yeah really Uh, they're at (laughs) self-storage I mean that but it does describe how extreme that was Mm -hmm. and this friend heard that went down you know got the key said I'm gonna do it for you got all the laundry (laughs) and then did it all Mm -hmm. and Jean said secretly she yearned for that friend to show up yeah to my knowledge we did not rent a self-storage laundry place but (laughs) anyway but that is kind of letting your needs be known right right i right. mean now i do i do do some of the laundry the boys since 12 started doing laundry well, I was gonna say, now i know why early. Yeah. <laughs> but that happens right oh of course it just does. feeling overwhelmed yeah and i'm not a housework person but i like things to be neat like i think i was really born to have servants and i don't have them um you know i had my children <laughs> um, Ouch. yeah but um but I learned to access my muscle over time. It yeah. does get better. You know, there are hard times in life. But I think that if you can put your finger on what is bothering you the most, what bothers your personality, we are all different personalities, and find a way to put that in a rhythm in your life in such a way that it's not going to be as big as it has become over time. That's really good. And uh, I like the idea of communicating. Don't assume that your husband understands where you're at. I mean, oh, I no. would have jumped in if Gene would have, you know, in a bigger way, if Gene would have said something. Um, right here at the end, Sally, uh, you point to the story of Elijah in First Kings 19, mm-hmm. where the prophet wanted to give up and die. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's <laughs> There's wonderful. several people in Scripture that just wanted to die or not be born. <laughs> it's wonderful that we have these examples. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, of course, God brought him uh, comfort instead and said, no, your days aren't done, basically. Mm-hmm. What can we learn about the different ways God uh, refreshed Elijah mm-hmm. and restored him? Well, I think we are, tend to be such a works-oriented society, mm. and we measure our lives by what we accomplish. But when I look at Elijah, um, and he was exhausted because he had just you know, been through a storm. And the first thing in every single situation that you study this, the angel came and touched him first. Huh. You know, a massage, a touch, uh, you know, a, a pat, whatever it is, touch is restorative to us. Then, then he fed him food, and then he caused him to sleep. And um, all good things, yeah, all good things. <laughs> and I think that sometimes we think God is just standing in heaven, going, "Well, you disappointed me this time," instead of understanding that He is the compassionate God. He's He wanted His disciples to have rest. He He looks at us and wants to bring us joy. Mm-hmm. And so we need to understand that Scripture says, eating, sleeping, touching, being joyful is His prescriptive for us. He he loves that as his will. And that's the kind of heart he has for us. He is not condemning us. He's going, yeah, they do make clothes dirty all the time. Yeah. You know, he is compassionate. Yeah. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) Yeah. Sally, this has been so good. And I'm sure for our listeners and our viewers, 
If you as a mom and a wife are thinking, man, I am drowning right now, this is the resource. I mean, Sally's gone to the great effort of putting down her thoughts, her ideas, her scriptural application to that moment for you. And I think it's a great reminder of how to kind of recalibrate where you're at and to bring you that health, that emotional, spiritual well-being that you need and physical too. Mm -hmm. Sally, it has been so good to have you with us. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I just love being in this environment with you. This is great. Mm -hmm. And we're also thankful that you could listen in to this great conversation with Sally Clarkson today. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ. I liked how Sally pointed to a more accurate picture of who God is. She said, sometimes we think God is just standing in heaven going, well, you disappointed me this time. Instead of understanding that he is a compassionate God, he wanted his disciples to have rest. He looks at us and wants to bring us joy. And it may be that we've touched on a sensitive part of your life today and you don't know who to talk to. We have caring Christian counselors here and we'd love to connect you with one of them. It may be through a prayer request or having someone pray over the phone with you. Maybe it's setting up an online counseling session. Whatever suits you, we're there for you. You can reach us on 031-716-3300 or online at safamily.co.za when you click the counseling link. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Graham Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, inviting you back next time when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.